Hello and welcome to the Money Queen podcast. I am Alex Nicolaitis, the Money Queen. I am here to break the stigma that we don't talk about money here. I will deliver the loving bitch slaps that you need in your business to elevate you as a leader and support you through to that next level of welcoming in the wealthiest version of yourself. Backed by 14 years in the accounting and bookkeeping industry, I utilize the support of the masculine systems, structure, and ATO compliance combined with the feminine energetics of mentoring and allowing ourselves to be open to receiving and holding space for queens like yourself who are committed to forming a healthy relationship with money. So hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating, and I cannot wait to have you by my side as we raise the feminine collective and create true generational wealth and change. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special freaking guest uh, on the podcast today, and it is none other than Tommy freaking Kasher. He is like a downright freaking legend. I said freaking three times already, but I'm not sorry at all <laughs> because it's warranted. He is a friend of mine from Newcastle, and he like, all right, we're going to start off this way. When I started this podcast, I was like, it is for women. It is about money. There's no way that I will have a man on this podcast because it's just not part of the vibe. And then Tommy came back into my world recently. Uh, he did my, it was MC at my brother's wedding. <laughs> and then I saw him at another event and I was like, actually, he is such the vibe of this podcast and what I'm about. And the reason for that is because as I have, I think we met what, maybe four years ago, I think now we used to be gym buddies and uh, seeing the person that he was then and the person that he has evolved into over the last four years through like continuously following him on social media um, and then seeing him at random events, um, like my brother's wedding. Um, it's, it's like, you know, one of the concepts that I teach is the wealthiest version of yourself is the most authentic version of yourself and that's what I've seen in Tommy over these last four years is that he has really stepped into the most authentic version of him I don't know if you have if you've not seen him you need to go and search him or watch YouTube uh, on this episode so you can see what he looks like he's got this beautiful freaking moustache 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 how do you say that moustache <laughs> moustache moustache <laughs> and he just like he just owns the room and just from your like unique ability to be your most authentic self, people just are attracted to you and your presence. And that's what I freaking love about you. And I've loved seeing that flourish over the last four years. And, you know, we'll speak into more of this about today of, you know, how that came to be and, you know, what it's actually felt like to evolve into the person that you are today, because that's essentially one of the huge pillars that I teach and I, I would love to hear your evolutionary evolutionary story. So here we go. And wow. the first That's good. <laughs> What an introduction, right? I, I, I feel my head's got <laughs> a couple of minutes given that intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> make way, please, make ways. I mean you just moved I, house, so surely there's some bigger doors there. <laughs> sure, there is some big doors like yeah, lucky. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be like, Maddie, we need to move house again. <laughs> um, Where do you want to so, start? Yeah, I'd love to start in one thing that I never said at the start is I never thought that I would have a man on this podcast. So what is one thing in your life that you never thought that you would have done or would be doing and you are now? Oh, good one. I think 
first thing that comes to mind because it's the most recent would be like working full-time as a freelancer. I always wondered, I guess, you know, five, 10 years ago, like someone who's a freelancer, where do they know where their next job is coming from? Or like, how do you make that work and pay your mortgage and do all that? Um, I, just a quick backstory, moved from Melbourne originally, moved to Newcastle in 2020. Now, the first job I got when I moved to Newcastle was uh, a marketing job with the Tony White Group, which is a group of like, they own like 130 car dealerships all across the East Coast of Australia and they own 16 in Newcastle. So I was the marketing manager for that. Marketing is kind of my background. So that was a logical choice. Now, I've been there for the last three years, but um, I've got two more weeks left there and then I'm going to be fully self-employed. I've been there two days a week all of this year while my wedding chats and party chats business grew. Um, but it's taking that leap and let go, letting go of the safety net of the two days employment I had there and go full-time freelance, um, which is something I never thought I would do because like the safety and security and obviously so um, on topic in terms of the money queen. But um, like I was just so nervous, like interest rates, cost of living, I've got a guaranteed, you know, X amount of dollars coming in per week from my two days a week work. I can't give that <clears> up. <throat> like I've done over a hundred freelance gigs this year through wedding chats and trivia nights, all that stuff. But I can't give up the, you know, 500 bucks a week I get for those two days of work because that helped pay the But then I just got to a point where I'm like, well, it's never going to get any bigger, my business, unless I am in a full time. Like it's probably past the point where I could have uh, left the Chinese white group probably six months ago, given the um, uh, money I was bringing in through my personal business. But I was yep. just too scared. And unfortunately, it's just a risk. It's a risk you've got to take to go freelance full-time um, and back yourself, really. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's what business is all about. It's about taking risks. And, like, where are you at with your personal risk profile of going, like, you know, when you started party chats or wedding chats, uh, which one started first, wedding chats? Wedding chats started first, yeah. Yeah. So when you started wedding chats, it was like, shit, I don't know if this will work. Like, I've got to take a risk to put myself out there to see if there's actually a market for this. And, and if it takes off, great. But if it doesn't, like, oh, well, at least I've got my marketing job. And then when you saw how wedding chats took off, you're like, oh, cool. Like, I can do this extra thing called party chats. Like, how can I expand this brand? And then, again, another risk, like a bigger risk to go, like, it works for the weddings, but will it work in, the, like, the party space or a different environment? I don't know, but I'm willing to take a bigger risk on myself here. And then to, now to hear you, you with your marketing job to be like, okay, there's, you know, there's an additional risk here. And this one is perhaps your biggest one to date because it's like, this actually means that I'm going full blown in on this business. And actually, like what I hear in that is I'm going full blown on myself in this because it's risking your livelihood on yourself. It's you've got a, a wife and you've got a dog as well. Goose was just in the background just before. So yep, it's like what? you've got people. Yes. <laughs> You've got people who are depending on you and especially for you being like the masculine in your relationship. It's like you are there to provide for your family. You are there to provide that safety and that security for your partner, for your wife rather, and for Goose. And it's like, shit, like this is all on me. So the stakes are even higher, one may say, um, because of the role that you play in your relationship. And like, I get hats off to you for taking those risks. And, and that's what business is all 
about. And I'd love to know what um, what risk are you teetering with at the moment that you're like, mm, I just don't know. I'm just not quite there yet. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> We're going there. Risk? <laughs> I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would necessarily refer to it as a risk, but something that I'm teetering with is I have um, a friend who's a wedding celebrant and she also does funerals. Now, I've had a few opportunities and offers to do, I don't even want to call it funeral because I think that lines it too much, but like at a wake uh, to go there and talk to friends and family about the person who's just passed away in the same vibe we do wedding chats, their favourite memories, what we loved about them. So then that family has a beautiful video to watch that whenever they miss that person or it be their birthday or um, any sort of anniversary, they can all watch it together and see everyone else's favourite stories and, and why they love that person. Now, I think that takes a huge emotional toll. I get, um, we, Alex, you and I shared it here, I think at your brother's wedding when I was chatting to you, I get emotional enough at wedding and birthdays, let alone a funeral. And I just think expanding again into another division of wedding chat, party chat, is not something I'm willing to do just at the moment. And I I never want to do something half-assed. And I don't, it's really tricky one as well, because coming up with a price point of what to offer that at a funeral is so tricky. Because the price that I offer wedding chats is never something I would feel comfortable offering a funeral. But at the same time, well, that's what I believe the service is worth. But, but then I'm also going, but this would be so special. And people don't understand what it, what wedding chats or party chats is until they get their own personal video and they realize how special it is hearing all their favorite people. Yeah, there's some funny, silly stuff in there, but we're talking about why we love those people and why they're so special for us. Doing that at a funeral, I think, is only item the emotion and the sensitivity around that. And I think there is a real big market for it, but I do think it's a risk because if I dive into that when I'm not ready, I just think that's a huge, more so that from a personal point of view, I'm not ready to take on that emotional weight and all that work at what I would probably have to charge a reduced rate for a funeral. So I don't know if that really answers your question about so a risk, but like, I guess the risk in a business sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like what I what I hear in that, what it's interesting to observe is like the service that you're providing, the the value rather that you're providing is exactly the same in both scenarios. Yet you're questioning like, oh, but I can't charge what I do for a wedding that I can at a funeral. And side note, I'm like, how about life chats as well, as opposed to funeral yeah. chats? Because you're literally talking about people's lives. Like I, oh, I like that. Life program. <laughs> Life yes. chats, yeah. You heard it here first, God. Life chats coming to nah. you soon, perhaps. <laughs> yes, it's an exclusive. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting concept to go. The value is the same. The service is the same. The input is the same. The output is the same. But why am I questioning myself and the value that I'm providing here? Like, is the family not going to have this beautiful memory of their loved one? because they've now passed and similar to the yeah. wedding chats and party chats is the family not going to have this beautiful memory because we've just shared this beautiful experience together. So it's an interesting, um, you know, anyone listening, I'm sure that 
you have had this scenario before. And I had this scenario actually with a, um, a mastermind I was in the other day and the lady was um, doing a public speaking gig and she was like, I want to charge $5,000 for this. And then she told us everything that was actually in on this, uh, this package. And we were like, that is way too cheap. Like you need to like 3X that at least because the value that she was giving and the input that she was giving was like totally undervaluing herself. And all that she needed was, you know, a bit of uh, reassurance and actually to break down, okay, well, have I taken into consideration everything that I'm putting into this and inclusive of the emotional toll on that and the, and the physical toll on that? Yeah. And, and am I going to, if I go in with a lower price point, feel resentment towards this or like drained as opposed to excited because I don't want to resent my business. I want to be excited by my business. And especially in your case, because you've now, you know, you've, you're two weeks away from going full on into your business. Mm. It's like, and it's same in relationships, actually. The things that you dismiss really on early, really early on in the stages of your relationship are often the things that blow up to be bigger than Ben-Hur, you know, a couple of years down. But it's like, oh, I, it doesn't matter at the start. It doesn't matter at the start. And it doesn't matter at the start. And you keep saying, oh, it doesn't matter until it becomes like this massive fucking thing. And it absolutely freaking matters. So same in business. When you uh, dismiss yourself and it's like, oh, that's fine. I'll charge this. Oh, it's fine. I'll do this service. Oh, it's fine. I'll discount. It starts to add up until you're like, actually, I'm fucking done with this. Like, here's my prices. Here's what I'm valued at. And like, there's, this is a non-negotiable now. Like, it's not up for discussion. This is what it is. And new standards get to be created from that journey and also from that pain point where you're like, no, nah, I'm fucking done. I wonder whether it's my own personal feelings and beliefs towards funeral. Like, mm. you know, there's those like, I don't know whether old wives' tales or just stereotypes or the stigma that like a funeral home has towards it. Or maybe it's just something I have in my head that like funerals are really expensive and like it's someone's worst day of their life or like a family member's worst day of their life. And I don't want to be like, oh, for a wedding, now my my base rate is three and a half, uh, three and a half grand. But like I don't mm. know if I'm comfortable charging someone that for a funeral, but yeah. Your point, it's no less work, it's no less emotional toll. And I say it often when I'm having a Zoom with couples after they've been quiet for a wedding or a party, I always have a Zoom with people before they put in. Um, that was something I learned early on in the business. I used to just flick back my pricing guide, being like, here's my pricing guide. If you have any questions, just let me know. Then I got to a stage where I wasn't getting many bookings. So I was like, okay. So I'd respond to people and go, here's my pricing guide. Let's jump on a Zoom so I can find out more about your day. I can really explain a service because it's kind of a new service and we can chat through any questions. Now, it's from those Zooms that when I explain what the service is, people understand the effort, emotional toll and time that goes into the bookings. I've only really, I guess, recently become really comfortable with it. But I guess, yeah, funeral figure is probably my own weird uh feelings about not wanting to charge people a certain price. Because I always say in those oops to couples, I really do believe this service is priceless. Like, I don't know. That's not even like a cheesy sales line that I'm trying to say. I think it is. Like, from your wedding day, having your grandparents talk about how much they love you with your parents, for you to then show your kids in 30 years, 
that is priceless. I'm not saying you'd pay a million dollars for it, but like yeah. you can't really put a value on it. Is I guess a better way to put it. Yeah, and I completely agree. And you know, as as you were speaking, I was reflecting on my own journey of funerals. Like my dad passed when I was 18, and I would have loved like the funeral book that was there on the day. My mother has has it somewhere in her house, but I guarantee she's not looked at it since the day. But if we yeah. had have had a, a visual and, you know, someone like yourself to be interviewing us and, you know, the people that were there that loved him, um, you know, that, like, that's beautiful. That's something that we can all share. And, and as you said earlier, you know, on his anniversary, for instance, like all come together yeah. and watch this and reminisce and, you know, really bring the life back into the memories and remember, remember because it's been um, – what has it been, 15 years or eight? No, yeah, I think it's been about 15 years now. And some days I'm like, shit, like I need to see a photo because I just forget sometimes. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, what does that mean about me? Like that I'm forgetting my own father. But it's like it, it happens. So it's like if that's – it is it is an invaluable thing um, that that gets to be gifted to people. Um, and, you know, I think the journey that you're even going on on this – episode right now as we're as we're recording this is a beautiful real-time you know situation of questioning our past beliefs questioning right. how we've been brought up in business in particular because that's the outcome of what's happening of how it's being affected um it's why have I thought that I uh, you know funerals are bad and funerals are you know sad like because I, I watched a movie on Netflix the other day I can't remember what it was but um the lady had a um, celebration of life ceremony event um, yeah. and she was still living because she had cancer. And I, I teared up watching it, but I was like, isn't that beautiful? Like, can't we have more of this? Like, because yes. the person that is, you know, leaving this earth gets to actually be a part of it and they get to appreciate all the people that are around her and be surrounded by the people that she loved, that loved her the most and that she loved the most. So I was like, that's actually really freaking beautiful. But like that perspective shift when I was watching that I was like huh like what's my previous perceptions on funerals or celebration of life ceremonies like how does that get to shift with this now this new information this new data that I have um hello nerd in me <laughs> that you know gets to challenge who I am today and what I believe is you know the right way to live or, or um, what's been ingrained in me because of my parents or because of my upbringing, like we get to evolve as you have, you know, circling back to the start of this conversation, we get to evolve who we are choosing to be every day based on the experiences that we live in every single day and hear and are a part of and welcome into our lives or reject out of our lives more, perhaps more importantly. And, you know, that shapes the person that we are and are like, just because we've had a certain belief or a certain way of living for, you know, the previous 30 years of your life, for instance, it doesn't mean that that needs to continue from today moving forward. So how can we challenge ourselves about those beliefs that are present today to perhaps create a different reality for ourselves, create different beliefs? And it's having conversations like this with, you know, a friend of yours or with a coach of yours or with your partner or your loved one to actually go, hey, I don't feel comfortable in this scenario because of this story, because of this belief, because of this lived experience. And I don't know, like, 
I don't know if I want to keep that. You know, that's, that's the start of evolving as you have in your life to get to where you are now and why, you know, I believe your business is so, you know, is going gangbusters at the moment. It's because you're leaning into these difficult conversations. It's because you're taking the risks. It's because you're, you know, being your most authentic self and in what you just shared, the most authentic version of you that I heard in that was, I don't, I, I want to be sure Honor. that I'm coming Honor. to like, let's call it life chats for now. <laughs> I'm coming to life chats and I'm going to birth that from the highest of intentions as opposed to, hey, this is actually just a money grab. Like yeah. just because, like and I've got this great product and I can expand just because like, no, actually I want to create impact in the world. And how can I do that with this business that I already have that is, you know, getting really beautiful traction. I can do it with live chat. I have an invitation queen. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? If this episode is providing you with the aha moments and the loving bitch slaps that you needed to hear today, then listen up. My Money Queen coaching package is perfect to stop being so afraid of money and your numbers in business. This package includes a sacred money archetype reading, which is pretty much like human design, but for your money world, and two additional 90-minute sessions customized for your own personal money journey to reset your relationship with money, to bring more wealth and abundance into your world for 2024. Remember that courageous moves will create the life of your dreams. And it's time to take action. Head to alexunscripted.com to book in a call with me today. Right. It's something I really resonated with that you just said was well, things that you like choose to reject or like choosing how you forward. It's taken me, uh, it's really funny because I've only recently realized that I was quite a few years ago wanting to like I had a job um, in Melbourne working with like an elite sports team and I was like oh can I interview people can I interview some of the players after the game and um, we started a podcast like I believe that's where my skill set is I'd love to do it I was in the media team for that organization um, and someone actually said to me oh you just want to be a camera because you want to be famous and I've, I've unpacked that recently and that has been why for so long, even the last two years with wedding chats, when people were, because I do, I actually get it at most weddings I'm at and most people um, who I run into who've seen wedding chats say, oh, you're, we love wedding chats. Um, when I've spoken to people at weddings, they'd say, you were really good at that. You made me feel really comfortable. And it's taken me, yeah, honestly, the last three or four months to realise that like, no, I am actually good at this. This is a skill set that I have. And while it's not really um, something I've ever learned, is in, even though I have a journaling degree, I didn't really learn any of my personality or like how to make in an interview at a wedding from you. It's just something I have. So owning it, learning how to monetize it, and also not apologizing for it. Like, yeah, I am on camera. And yes, I've um, created an Instagram and a TikTok. At, People sometimes recognize that and want to be my mate because of it, which is cool. And like, yes, yeah, long-term goal for me is to host a talk show. Not because I want to be famous, but because that's what I'm good at. I'm good at being engaging and interesting and having fun conversations with people and like not apologizing for that and realizing that if this year alone, 
I've um, worked with LinkedIn, with TikTok, Pet Circle, KFC, Westfield. Like there's some really big brands and it's like, yeah, if these brands see about me, what I'm doing, I don't need to yeah. apologize or be like, oh yeah, um, I guess I just like doing what I'm doing. It's like, no, I love liking being on camera. I love having fun. I love making content. I love being silly. And also the wedding part, I love getting emotion from parents and siblings about their friends and brothers and sisters on their wedding day. Like, and I needed started to see people um, trying to replicate wedding chats and like celebrants and the behind the scenes content creators trying to, yeah, take, take an iPhones or wedding set it up and like hand the microphone around. And when people like comment on that, like praising their idea, I used to be like, no, oh, it's a bit And now I just comment on it from wedding chats being like, wow, what a great idea. Being like, well, you fucking copying me. I'm like, I'm going to call you out <laughs> for it. And not in a, I'm having a go away. But like, oh no, I can't easily have a go, right? It's like people I've worked with at weddings have then gone to do it after they've seen me do it. But it is. It's like once I've seen people replicate what I do, I just unfollow them. This was a huge rant to get to that point because you said it, choosing how you move forward and things that you reject is probably more important yeah. than things you accept. I see those people and I just unfollow them. There's 50 copycats yeah. out there and I never see them. I'm on the wife yeah. and I'm just keep thriving and doing what I Absolutely. And like what I hear in that is fucking amen to unfollowing people. Like if they do yeah. not serve you, if you do not get yeah. excited by them, see you later. You don't need to be in my world. Like, and no. even to your point of like them copying you, they will never copy you because you are so fucking unique. Like what you have created and the other people that you've you know, brought into your business to be co-hosts with you, yeah. they're all unique in their own right. So like even though someone will, it's it's mimicking, they'll mimic you, but yeah. I guarantee the product that someone else is going to be uh, delivering versus the product that wedding chats or, or party chats delivers, worlds apart, right? So it's, you know, um, what's copying is the highest form of flattery, is that right? Yeah, I think invitation, that's a, invitation is the highest form of flattery. Invitation, yes, yes. Exactly. Right. So no. it's like, you go. Um, it, uh, no, let's go on. You go or it'll come That's back to cool. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, um, uh, yes, in that, in, in rejecting the people who have tried to copy you, are trying to copy you, it's like, where in my environment Am I actually being drained? Am I actually being pulled down? And that is a really good example of that because you're, if you choose to continue to follow them, every time that you see them in your feed, you're like, oh, they're copying me again. Like how fucking annoying. Like I'm just here trying to live my best life and do my own thing and here they am like dragging me down. And it's like you've got a choice here. Like yeah. press the damn unfollow button. Like block them if you need. Like it's yeah. fine. And what happens in that situation is you actually keep your environment really clean to be like, I'm doing me and I'm moving here or I'm moving over here, but whatever moves I'm making, they're intentional and I don't need your bullshit over here, like making yeah. a cloud. Uh, and whilst I'm trying to be over here, I'm distracted by the potential rain that's about to fall over here. When you unfollow them, it's like you get rid of that cloud, you get rid of that rain and you're like, I'm just going here and I don't care what you're doing because I'm so committed and to being my most authentic self, which is the wealth wealthiest version of yourself and creating the most impact in this world and that like when people hear that and have zoom meetings with you and and feel that and see you on social media like that's what they connect with as like 
you're just here living your best freaking life and you get to do this as an outcome. Like how fun is that? Mate, I had a Zoom with a couple last night and they said, we already wanted to book you from what we'd seen on Instagram, but we wanted to jump on Zoom just to make sure you weren't a dick. And now that we've seen you're not, we want to book you. And yeah, exactly what we said, they can mimic the service, but you can't copy me and my brain and the way I think and the way I make people feel. You can't like, and it's taken me to this point to realize like the first time I saw someone do a video guest booking interview people, I was so angry because I was like, I want to copyright this. I want to patent it. And while I've done that with my business, it's like the wedding photographer. You can't stop people from going to weddings and taking photos. Like, yeah, like absolutely. But like, no. <laughs> realizing people book me for me. Yes. Like they're saying sales, people buy people that buy. Whether you're buying a car or buying a new suit, if you have a bond with the salesperson, you generally go, when I zoom with my couples, if we have a bond, they're going to come to me because I make them feel good. They trust that I'm going to make their guests feel good, their parents feel comfortable, their grandparents feel comfortable and all of that. So yeah, and it's just exactly being my authentic self. And like some of those things I used to like, roll my eyes out like oh my mind's all beating yourself and I was like no I don't apologize anymore I love pink yeah. I love high cruises I love the Spice Girls and I'm this weird amalgamation of all these things because I do love footy as well AFL NRL yeah. sport um, but I am being my most authentic self and I've created a business and when you strip it all back the business while I brought team members on board who are available for wedding and parties when I'm already booked at a wedding the business is literally me. It's literally me just being myself, having fun, capturing priceless memories with people. And like that's the most authentic version of me, having fun and it's worked. It's like it's weird that I've been able to monetize. That sounds kind of cringe, but like my personality. Because that's what it is, right? Like a, it's me on camera interviewing your family and friends. Like, we had to pay people paying me money to do that. But like, mm. it is what it is. I'm just being myself. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like a lot of the most successful businesses, I believe, is ha- have been created when people do things that are really easy to them. It comes naturally to them. But then they have this money story that pops up that's like, oh, business should be really hard. Like business needs to be difficult. Like because it, all, all these other stories that people have told me, And then you are living in this reality of like, well, this is actually really fun. This is actually really easy. And I'm going to say it's entirely easy. There's definitely portions that are hard of it, uh, hard in it. Um, But it's like the majority of it is fun. It's playful. It's, you know, I'm dealing with clients that I actually freaking love and they love me. I'm going to events that I genuinely am excited to be in. When I'm editing, it's like, oh my God, this is really fun. Like I remember this story. I remember this person. And when you see them in the streets, they're like, oh, hey, I saw you at this person's wedding. Like, you know, there's a real playfulness that gets to be a part of your life. And and, and unfortunately, because, you know, as we were speaking about earlier, the beliefs that we are brought up in, it's like business needs to be hard. So what is often I find, you know, in my clients when they are doing what you're doing and, and life and business is so easy for them in inverted commas, it's like they actually make challenges for themselves they make life harder for themselves because to to live up to the expectation of business needs to be hard and business needs to be challenging so like I love hearing that you're like hey like I can just do this and this is me and 
it gets to be exactly how I create it because like, because that's what I'm choosing. And it's funny you say it's not meant to be, well, I feel like what I do is in the service I deliver is easy. But an example yeah. of it being hard is like I hosted a Melbourne Cup Day event from three till six and then I drove to Sydney that night and did a TikTok live for Dimix, the bookshop, when the Iron yes. Flaming, Iron Flame, the new uh, book in the series, The Fourth Wing, that book came out. So from 11.30 till midnight, I was like live streaming on Dimmick's TikTok, interviewing people on George Street in Sydney when they were lining up to get the new book. Then the ne- okay. uh, next morning, drove back, posted trivia that night. So like while what I do, I don't find super easy, I say yes to every opportunity. And I've been in Melbourne for the past week because um, I had three weddings in a week in Melbourne. Now, we just moved house. My wife then had to manage the dog, getting the dog to daycare, leaving the dog in the morning. Maddie had to wake up at 3.30 before she went to work to walk him to make sure he wasn't inside for too long. Like those parts around the business and like saying yes to every opportunity and being away from um, my computer for weeks on end because I've said yes to every opportunity. So then trying to edit and not let couples wait too long to get their video. Like all those elements, like balancing oh, everything I'm doing now as a freelancer is difficult. But what I'm doing is not difficult. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like it's a it's a pick your battles type situation. Like, you know, where can I bring the fun and playfulness into my business? And where is it like, okay, like what what I've experienced in my business to date, I've been in business for like, um, it'll be 10 years next year. It's like there's there's always going to be an element of uh, my commitment is questioned and yeah. not questioned by a person or external things. It's like by the universe essentially to go, how, how badly do you want this? Like yeah. what you say you want, is it actually what you want? Okay. You, you say, you say yes to that. Here's an example. Like here's all these opportunities. Here's all these like amazing speaking gigs that you want to bring forward into the next year, for instance. It's like, are you going to say yes to all of them or are you going to say yes to this, this and this one? Or like, how are you going to chug, juggle? Because I just got into a relationship as you, I shared with you. And so now yeah. it's like, you know, I've been single for the best part of like 13 or 14 years. And I'm like, oh, I just really want to be in a relationship. And now that I am, I'm like, oh, damn, like this is different. Like running a business and, you know, making sure that I make time for him and our relationship. I'm like, this is actually challenging. Like, but this is what I've been asking for. And the universe is like, oh, here's new clients. Here's new clients. Like, and then when I'm spending time with him, it's like, who am I choosing right now? Like, who do I get to choose in this situation? Do I choose, you know, the love relationship or do I choose, you know, growing my business? Like, what's my choice here? And so it's, you know, constantly we are provided with gifts to go, what are you committed to right now? And what's your actual truth in this matter? Because I could say yes to all of these new clients coming to my world but that would mean I've got less time for my partner. I'm like, actually, that's a no from me. Like my love relationship is more important to me right now than my business. So I'm like, that gets to be the priority. And I guess you've worked so hard for the last 10 years to put yourself in that, to be able to choose. No, I'm not saying yes to this client when I may have planned that week of my partner or whatever it might be. It's funny you say like, how bad do you want something? Because the the way this all started was, I've moved to Newcastle. I've worked at Closters. 
I'd looked at people who had Instagram following and were getting gigs on TV and I knew all along that's always where I wanted to be. And unfortunately, those jobs don't live on seat. You just have to get off at that job pretty much. So I started taking my um, iPhone and a $60 tripod and a microphone to the Newcastle Knights footy games and I was interviewing people out the front. Uh, I was going, come back to about footy and I would talk to them out of all the night players, we've got the tidiest bedroom around. Which one would you let date sister? Before the game would start, I would drive home and I would edit that on my computer. So by the time the game is finished, I was posting the people who were at the footy awesome. would see it. And that, like, put your, what, put your money where your mouth is. If you think you're good at this, and I would always say to Maddie, at the time, my girlfriend, now my wife, I'm funnier than these people who have podcasts and who are doing fucking Channel 9 footy things. I'm funnier than those people. And then you got to a point where I was like, I don't want to be 55 and still saying that. Like, no one likes yeah. a person who said, oh, I could have been this. It's like, cool, fucking do it then. Um, 100%. And those three videos, one of my very, very close friends now, Lollards uh, from Hungry Hearth Co., would yeah. always comment on the PRs. And one day she was like, hey, you should do a video at wedding. Like, people are still signing guest books. You should interview people at weddings. And that's literally how and where it started. So I love that. If you back yourself or if you think you want something bad enough, Prove it. And I say yeah. that, but, and again, I've obviously got a bee in my bonnet about it. Trying to replicate it. That was what I was like, say. Okay, <laughs> if you want to do it, do it. Let's see how long it takes yeah. you to get to where I am. Let's see how long for LinkedIn or TikTok or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's so jaded. Oh my God. I'm just <laughs> in this I'm so, I'm just so like, I know what I want to be and I know what I want to do. And I'm just going to yeah. keep grinding until I get where I want. And like, I'm, yeah, I'm confident. And I probably sound like so arrogant in the room, but like, oh, I don't, I'm so happy with where I am. Being able to do this for a living and being able to provide for Maddie. Fuck, it's the best. Yeah, 100%. And like in that, what you just said, like, I don't care. Like that is the true essence of like, "Mm, I'm I'm just going to be here doing myself and you do you, boo. Like. This yeah. is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. Bye. See you, Felicia. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, well, just, yeah. 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 And well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what one thing I wanted to say with what you just said though is, you know, someone who doesn't know you or doesn't know your story could look at Ugh. you and go, Oh, overnight success. Oh, of course, yeah. like another one. But like yeah. knowing your story that you have, you know, a journalism uh, degree, you used to work in radio, I think in Melbourne, um, yeah. you've constantly like pushing and evolving yourself in that marketing space as well. So it's like your overnight success in inverted commas really isn't like, it's a culmination of everything that you've done in your career to date. And then it's yeah. backing yourself. It's cre- creating proof of concept of doing the football thing. Yeah. And then it's like your friends going, Hey, have you thought about this? And you're like, Oh, actually no. And that is the moment where you're like this, like I know that I've been waiting and, and working and creating, curating all of these different experiences and knowledge and, um, you know, networks, environments to get me to this day. And now, now you're like flower flourished. And that's what yeah. I have seen in you over the last four years to just be like, boom, like you were just so flourishing because of everything in your life to date and now you're in the right environment like the soil around your flower is like fucking beautiful and it's like now i get to flourish mate 
I'll try and give you a quick recap of anything I can think of that I've done over the last, so I'm 34, anything I've done since I was 18 that I believe has helped me with what I'm doing now. So Yeah, I love that, yes. I did a sports development course with Cricket Victoria when I was uh, 19. I volunteered at, uh, part of it, you had to do an internship. I worked at the Western Bulldogs um, and uh, Hawthorne Football Clubs as in the media department. I then volunteered my time on weekends going to the Box Hill Forks, which is like um, in the VFL, so like the level below the AFL, writing their match reports, interviewing players and writing articles for their website. I then did a sports journalism degree. Part of that, I interned at SCN, which is like a sports radio station. Um, And that was in the internship I went and got off my own bat because I loved radio. Finished that degree. I also interned at Carlton in the recruiting department. You know, it's like watching vision of AFL players when they were 18 years old. But again, making connections there. Uh, left uni, went and worked at um, at SCA, Southern Cross on Stereo. I uh, did breakfast radio in Shepparton for the best part of 18 months. Now, an idea that I had when I was doing breakfast radio, I was like, regional football here in the, what was it called? Goldwyn Valley Football League was so big and it was a big part of the whole community. So I was like, to Jess, my co-host who does Breakfast Radio now at Newcastle, I said, let's go to all the football netball clubs, go to one each week, pick a game of the week, and let's do an interview with a boy from the footy team and a girl from the netball team. And let's edit that up. I taught myself how to edit. We did that. We finished our six to nine breakfast show and we put that on Instagram. Those videos looking back now, so terrible. But there's the example of like things I've done over the last 10 years, I then started a podcast and I was interviewing, I don't know, anyone who I thought had an interesting story, trying to get a following online, that didn't really work. And then pivoted going, I love netball because I worked in net, at um, Netball Victoria. So I started a netball podcast where I needed to be netballers and go, you know, talk to me about off the court. What do we do? That kind of fizzled out because it just became too difficult to try and get through the media managers. Then mm-hmm. moved to Newcastle and started interviewing people. So like all of this stuff that I've done in the last 10 years, it's like, it's led me to this. Um, so yeah, I know that was, again, a ramble, but like there's just some context, things that I've done over the last 10 years, but learning this skill here and learning that and learning how to talk to such athletes and like learning how to be comfortable in a footy environment and then learning how to be comfortable with female athletes. And then I've also worked in warehouses and like, I think that's what caused me in a great position at a wedding because I've been so uh, through so many vast jobs. Whether it's, I've worked in warehouses, um, takeaway shops, I've worked at Builder there, I worked in a logistics company, like all these random jobs. But like I'm so comfortable with any kind of crowd, be it CEO, yeah. be it a tradie, be it your best mate from the footy club. I can talk to kind of anyone and find some common ground with them at a wedding. So. Yeah, an overnight success thing is really funny though because it's like I was listening to a podcast and they said it's not the uh, they they refer to it as their tail of work. So I believe that one day a TV executive will see one of my videos and go, ah, what's that guy do? And then he'll go back into my page and he'll see that I've got podcasts that I did five years ago Footy videos of weddings of parties, and it's the tail 
the long tail of the 10 years of work that I've done, that he's going to go or she's going to go, oh, wow. He's like super versatile and he's been doing this consistently for 10 years. And it's only in the last couple of years that it's blown up. Like, shit doesn't happen overnight. So, yeah. And what actually one other thing that I really need to get out of it. We're here for it. We're here for it. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got all these thoughts. And I'm so annoyed. <laughs> yeah, Nick. You going. do you, boo. Here, let's hear it. <laughs> do you know Nick Payne? Like the, uh, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know who. He's like a big American. Not really. Is he a rapper? I, he's mad to I care. He's got like 12 kids. He's like an American. He okay. said, money doesn't make you happy. Happy makes you money. Mm. Amen. I fucking meant at that. Mm. Yes. That is the quote of the day, I reckon. Yes. I Fuck loved yes. it. I was just like, oh my God. That's actually so true. Yeah. It's just really another way of saying the most authentic version of yourself is the wealth. But I think I just thought yeah. that was so good because it sums me up. I'm so happy, and it is. It's making me money, which is great. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like people these days want to connect with other people's human. There's so much like AI and technology and yeah. advances, and whilst all that's great, and I love that, and I'm on board with it. When you're dealing in you know the events and the lifestyle, life, the life. Um, life milestones that you are, it's like people want to connect with your human and it's like, how yeah. can I do that right now? And and being the happiest version of yourself by curating your life how you are and how you have been is the best way to freaking do that. Like no one can mimic that at all. So. Man, um, how good. We're working our authentic selves and just absolutely kill me. It's so, it's so good to yeah. see and I feel like also – Something that I live by is like you are the average of the six people that you are closest to and the people that I'm with here at Newcastle in terms of like the wedding industry. Um, when I moved up, I kind of only knew Jess, who was my previous on host. Um, but the circle of people I've surrounded myself with, including Maddie's really close group girlfriends, I'm now really close to those girls and also their husbands. So like, yeah, these people that... I get to call my closest friends. I'm so creative and hardworking and just want to do the best I can and be the best. And I think part of the thing that I was worried about when it came to freelancing was like, what if the, um, the emails aren't coming in for new jobs? And it's like, I realized I create a lot of content. I'm like, I'm never going to be one to just sit on the couch at midday on a Wednesday. I'll just go down to the beach and interview people being like, hey, what's your favorite thing to put on toast? Just made a video. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's there's an old saying that's like, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Like hearing that, it's like, oh, I'll never just like do nothing on a Wednesday afternoon. It's like, oh, if I'm yeah. bored, like I'll just go out and interview someone because like I just yeah. love doing that. Like, of course, of course you will. Like, and someone will see you doing that, like be it if they're on the beach or they yeah. see it on social media later and go, oh, who's this funny, interesting guy? Like, oh, I click yeah. through. Oh, my gosh, I'm getting I'm getting married. Like, great, I'm going to book him. So it's like literally like doing what you love is will, will generate you revenue because you're so authentic in it and people meet other people at their human. Mate, you're so good at like putting it so eloquently, the stupid shit mm. I'm saying. Thank you. You're slowing it up into <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I, um, 
actually, I'm going to have to have one more question for you because, and we just touched on it just now, actually, and it's around your environment. And this is going to be the closing question. Because yep. uh, one thing that I saw uh, being how I met you and uh, sharing your journey, not sharing your journey, watching your journey is the influence that you had from your now wife, Maddie. And like being in relationship with someone who fully embraces exactly who you are and does not try to change you and rather embraces you and all that there is of you, because there is a lot of you and we love all of you. Like how was that to actually experience that from from your point of view? It was, yeah, it was really nice. Like she's never, like you said, tried to change. She has... (laughs) Well, she did cringe, I think, the first night we spent together. Um, I We were going to have some drinks and we met at an Airbnb and I bought, <laughs> I think I bought a, a six-pack of like Smirnoff Double Black and Maddie is not <laughs> wild ahead of bike. She like will drink a beer or and I bring in cruisers and it double because that's my book. And like at our <laughs> wedding, we had cruiser hour. Like we didn't have Pocteller, yeah. we had cruiser for everyone. It's like, Love that. So me, on brand. Maddie, it's on brand. And Maddie let me have that. So I think one thing yeah. Maddie has been great with for me is teaching me to like take a minute and enjoy I guess for lack of a better term, I'll say the finer things in life, but like we don't yeah. have to be going hundred miles an hour. Now that's not saying Maddie isn't an extremely hard worker, but she does enjoy going out and having a nice dinner, whereas I would could easily get caught up if I wasn't with Maddie, always working, always editing, always trying to do the next thing and not really smelling the roses on the way through and like enjoying the step that we're both having. So an example is like I'm booked a wedding in the Greek islands next year. I was just going to go for two mm-hmm. weeks and come back. Maddie's like, why are we doing that? Like this is not an opportunity that comes up every day. And I was yeah. just going to go to Greece, stay in Greece for two weeks. And now I get nervous at the spending side of it, but at the same time, like, YOLO, like yeah. who gets to say they'll be working the Greek on, so let's make it a three or three and a half week holiday and go to Malta where I'm from and go to Italy while we're there. And certainly this whole thing, which I know I'll love, but I initially would never have done. So while I love that Maddie accepts me, she also challenges me to enjoy the success, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. A beautiful balance of the two. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for this episode of this episode, rather conversation. Um, I, yeah, I, as I've said, I think a couple of times on this chat, I loved seeing you evolve and have all the time in the world for you and love, love, love that every time I see a post of yours, I'm like, what's he doing now? I love this because yeah, (laughs) it's just like. Um, the uniqueness and the humanness in you is so very, very real. So if anyone is listening and has a wedding coming up, listen in to Tommy. I was about to say you gal. No, listen to your boy, Tommy. Oh, my. <laughs> Just so used to interviewing females. <laughs> to be fair, I, I usually call myself one gal. So you oh, guys cool. are right. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to my gal, Tommy. Looking <laughs> 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 for your wedding or for your party. And um, uh, I just cannot wait to see uh, life chats evolve because we've branded that now. (laughs) Yes. And, yeah, just to literally see you continue to flourish because it's it's been a beautiful journey and I'm, like, 
I'm not blowing smoke up your ass right now, but I'm I'm genuinely glad that we were able to connect on the gym floor four years ago and just, yeah, stay in touch. So thank you. Right. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. I definitely feel honored being one of um, the first only guy on the pod. Yeah. Yes, yes. Perhaps the only ever. We don't know. Time will tell. You know, but yeah, I think it was. <laughs> Mate, again, thanks so much, Alex. Like you're doing such amazing things. And again, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. I love yeah. and I love watching all the stuff you're doing. And it's so impressive. So let's both, both keep up the good work. And I'll either see you on the jib floor at a wedding. Oh, actually, I think I'm doing your sister's wedding. Also, side note. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. I had no idea. <laughs> Just like my brothers. He literally like walked up to me. No, sorry. I what? was talking to a few people and I turned around and I was like, what the fuck is Tommy doing here? And then I was like, oh, he's doing this for my brother's wedding. Of course. And now here you go. All right. You're doing my sister's wedding as well. Cool. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that. I am somewhat close to my family. I promise. <laughs> Just... Have no idea about their wedding plans. <laughs> oh, well, well, I can't wait to see you new target. Either at the wedding yes. on the gym floor or at another nude painting event, whichever comes first. Yes, I love that. Mm. Here, we're here for it all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Queen, for saying yes to your yes in listening to this episode and being a part of Raising the Feminine Collective one conversation at a time. Remember to share this episode with your business besties and join me in breaking the tabooness around having money conversations. As always, if you have enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, and share this on your social media, remembering to tag me in it to help this conversation go further, which creates a bigger ripple effect.